Hello, and welcome to the Her and Him podcast. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And when two theologians get married, what you get is a podcast. Well, this is the inaugural episode of the Her and Him podcast. We're here. We've been talking about doing this for two years. A lot of people didn't think that we were going to do it. Sometimes we didn't think that we were going to do it. But here we are. We are recording from beautiful Corona, California in the Inland Empire, which is kind of like Orange County. And, but way but better. I was going to say cheaper. But, I mean... But better is arguable. Cheaper is definitely right. measurable. Yeah. So we're super excited to be able to finally record this. And thank you for all of you who have been supporting us on the Her and Him blog and asking us when our podcast was coming. So we do appreciate you bugging us about that. We consider it motivation. One of the big reasons we actually wanted to start a podcast was not just because we love hearing our own voices, but the reason we wanted to start is so that you would get to know the people behind Her and Him. If you've been reading our blogs, hopefully you've been enjoying them. Um, we appreciate both our readers. <laughs> yes. We hope you are just as excited as we are. So this episode, what we want to do is let you get to know us a little bit better. Dale, do you want to start? Uh, sure. So I grew up in a Christian home, but I really didn't come to faith until high school when my mom forced me to go to youth group. Uh, my family had started going to a new church and I hated it. There was this youth group that met in the basement, and the basement smelled funny, but my mom took me down there and pushed me inside the the smelly basement. Uh, it was smelly for two reasons. One, a basement just kind of smells, and two, it was a bunch of high schoolers in there, so there, there was that. So she shoved me in, and there was this youth pastor there who I also hated, and I just didn't want to be there. But every week, my mom would roll up to the church, slow down just enough at the curb, kick me out, and keep driving. And then she would leave me there for a couple of hours. But kind of through the process of being in that youth group, even though I hated it, uh, I grew to actually develop relationships with some people that actually cared about me. And when I found that there were people who loved Jesus and they also loved me, uh, that to me began to show me that the love of Jesus was something that was real and it was something that I wanted to be a part of. And so I gave my life to Christ in high school. And after high school, I began volunteering in that youth group. I eventually was uh, placed in charge of the junior high group where I got to preach every week and be the master of Wednesday night games. And how old were you? At I was that pretty point? young. I was 19 when okay. they put me in charge. I don't know. Yeah. What were they thinking? A 19 year old. <laughs> I mean, it was like the it's like the blind leading the blind at that point, a 19-year-old le leading 12-year-olds. But I was there, and that's where I first got my taste for teaching and preaching and leading and studying God's Word and explaining it. And uh, it was kind of history from there. Was there a solidifying moment in your time of ministry that you could definitely look back on and say, that was the moment when I realized or I sensed the calling of God to move into ministry. And not even just ministry, but the desire to become a pastor. I'd say after I got my first opportunities to teach, I was terrible and the crowd was terrible. But I was still more and more excited to do it. I think that was a sign. I always say that if you can preach to junior hires, you can preach to anybody. And if you preach to junior hires 
and you still want to preach, then you're probably destined to be a preacher. So I, I felt like that was a, a first confirmation. And then as I just grew in leadership, it just seemed like it was a good fit for me to continue on this path. Sort of affirmation of that. Do you remember the first time I went to hear you preach? Yeah, she said, you're actually good. <laughs> to be fair, the reason why I said that was because we were both in seminary and we were surrounded by other guys who were in ministry who all thought they were the best pastors and the best preachers. And I would be sitting in preaching class and thinking... Dude, just listening to like six dudes in a row just lay an egg. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, laying an egg. But they thought they were so good at it. And you were sitting there just like, man, I, I'm sure the Lord has called you to this, but he is refining this skill in you. You don't quite have it down. So I was pleasantly surprised when I heard you preach for the first time and I enjoyed it. So there it is. Maybe that's affirmation. Maybe that's it's affirmation not. Right I'm there. not sure. It, like, it was a good compliment, but it's that little word actually that just kind of changes the flavor and the tenor of the discussion. It had nothing to do with you and everything to do with the, the surroundings of seminary. Of course, of course. Right. Well, let's hear a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I have a, a little bit of a different background in regards to my faith and how I came to faith. I wouldn't necessarily say I grew up in the church. My mom was kind of in and out of church. The one person who was constant in my life in going to church was my aunt. So she was really that example. And a lot of the time she was the one driving me to church. I fell in love with church because it was a constant in my life. It was a sense of stability and a sense of community that I didn't have growing up. I grew up with a single mom who had two kids and she had my brother at 15. So probably me around 16 and a half, maybe 17. She had a lot of maturing to do. She had a lot of growing up to do, a lot of learning and life was hard for her. Now looking back, I can see the challenges and the difficulties and I love her for all she did for me, but I can definitely see how hard it would be to have kids at such a young age when you're still trying to figure out who you are as a person. Right. I feel like I'm not even ready at 29, let alone <laughs> if there was a 15-year-old yeah. version of me that had a kid, woof. Yeah. Like, just imagine parenting Silas, what, almost 15 years ago? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of mind-blowing, and obviously being a parent now, my heart goes out to her as a mom. So growing up in that environment and having kind of unstable relationships with other people in my life, for example, my stepdad, he was in and out of our lives for a number of reasons. He was in prison most of the time, so we were going to visit him. It just got really messy. What and was he in prison for? Being a kid, it was really unclear what exactly he went to prison for each time. I know there was a lot of drugs. There was a lot of gang activity. Um, just a lot of illegal things happening and I'm grateful for the ways God shielded myself and my brother from those things. Stepping back and having a clearer picture of something I didn't understand as a kid, I'm now thinking, oh wow, that was heroin that, you know, was in our house or, you know, seeing someone shooting up is not a normal thing. It's not it's a like normal. It's like a strange realization to have five to six years later, right? Right. So I'm grateful for the, the many ways that I was, again, protected from those things. 
but it just made for a lot of weird dynamics in our house as a, as a kid. The turning point of my faith was when my mom passed away. For many people, I think that would have been a moment where you're questioning God. Who, who is he? Is he here? Why do these things happen? But I had quite a different response and I'm grateful for the way that the Holy Spirit worked in my life and drew me closer to Jesus. He really became my rock and my foundation, someone that I could pour my heart out to. I, I felt understood and I felt heard. That became the point where I owned my own faith and I decided I want to know more of Jesus and I want to know more of his word. Again, not having grown up in the church, that wasn't necessarily something that was modeled for me. So in my mind, the only way to do that was to learn more. And since I loved academics, I went to undergrad, studied Christian studies at a Christian university. CBU, go Lancers. (laughs) Yes, California Baptist University. After I graduated, I thought, I still want to know more. There's still so much more of scripture I want to understand. So I naturally went to the next step, which is graduate school. I ended up at Talbot Seminary, which at that point, I didn't even know what seminary was. You just knew you were in it. I just knew I was in it because everyone was saying like, oh, wow, you're in seminary. And I was like, yeah, 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 look at me. But I I, I genuinely just thought that was the next step after undergrad. You find a master's program and I wanted to learn scripture. So that was the next piece. Right. So you enrolled at Talbot School of Theology and you signed up for Old Testament survey. And that's when your life changed forever. Tell us why. Forever. Because I met the love of my life in Old Testament. That's me, by the way. That's it is you. You would be the love of my life. Yes. Yeah. So we had Old Testament together. I had a different perception of you when class started than what I know of you now. She thought I was a terrible student. I did. And it's quite the opposite of who you are because you're by far one of the most disciplined people I've ever met my whole life. But I didn't know that about you in Old Testament. I thought you were a really bad student. Because I wasn't taking copious notes. I was just listening. You were just sitting there listening. (laughs) But we also had spiritual formation class together. We had a really interesting encounter there when we had a three hour long exam that was an essay exam. The worst thing in the world. It was exactly as bad as it sounds. It was a three-hour handwritten essay exam with, like, I don't know how many questions. You had to write a novel by the end of this exam. It was crazy. Right, and I was the good student that showed up to an essay exam. Yeah, you thought I was the bad student. Right, right. I showed up to class for a three-hour essay exam with a pencil No paper. And no paper. Just a dull number two pencil and a dream. (laughs) Hey, maybe I was just trying to find an opportunity to talk to you. I don't know. But I turned around and I asked you for some paper. And you glared at me as you were meticulously counting the stack of paper that you had and deciding whether or not you wanted to share with me. I honestly didn't know if I had enough paper. So I was counting them out, trying to calculate greater love has no man than this, that he would give (laughs) half of his paper to some random girl on exam day. Well, 
that random girl became your wife, so I'm happy that you exercised wisdom in that moment of time. Yeah, I guess it was worth the paper. You're welcome. Now you have a wonderful son. See, yep. your life is better. <laughs> it's all like the butterfly effect. It's stemming from that single decision. Exactly. If I hadn't have given you paper, I would have been single and homeless and toothless. I don't know. You probably wouldn't have had any shoes either. I don't know why, but you wouldn't have had no, shoes. No, I have plenty of shoes. This is true. You might have more than I do. So we met in seminary, and a lot of our life actually happened in seminary. We got married at seminary. We bought a house. We bought a house. That's when we found out that we were pregnant, and I don't remember how many months along I was by the end of graduation, but it was kind of far into it. Yeah, it was. We graduated in May, and Silas came in August. Yeah, it was an enjoyable time of life. It's a time of life where happy is over because it was pretty exhausting with both of us working and going to school full time and trying to learn ancient Greek and ancient Hebrew. Yeah, really, why we're wanting to share all of this with you is because out of that time that we've spent together in seminary was birthed this desire to start her and him. And the idea behind her and him is not just to write blogs every week and start a podcast, but we found that going into seminary, we went in with certain perceptions of certain doctrines or theology or even understanding of scripture and how it applies into our everyday lives. And after studying and the many theology courses, the many language courses, and even the practical ministry courses, we came out of that evaluating things differently, mainly because we were able to study it in a way we never had before. And we wanted to be able to have the opportunity to have the discussions that we normally have at our kitchen table with you guys and let you know that you don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to study the languages in depth to know scripture. I mean, it doesn't hurt if you got the time, but. And the money. Yeah, and the money. But you don't need to take all of those units in order to wrestle with the deep things of God, in Mm -hmm. order to wrestle with the deep things of Scripture, in order to take these ancient texts and wrestle through how they apply to our lives today. Right. We're trying to love Jesus and serve him together and try and see what does that look like in our everyday lives as we take the deep things of God and make them practical instead of just things that you talk about for the sake of having conversations. And so our passion behind her and him is living out the truths of Jesus and the life that he wants us to have, this abundant life that he desires for us to have, knowing that is not only for the other side of eternity, but that the abundant life Jesus wants us to have is here on earth too. And that's really a guiding principle for us that when Jesus came, he came with this promise. He said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And a lot of times we hear that promise of Jesus and we think, well, that means because I said the prayer that when I die, then I'm going to get life everlasting. Then I'm going to get life abundant. And that's true. But our faith is more than a hand stamp. Yeah. And it's 
the more than a hand stamp isn't just more knowledge. It isn't the fact that you've read the Bible so many times. It isn't the fact that you know such and such Greek word. It isn't the fact that you know how to articulate certain doctrines. It's not necessarily those intellectual things, although those things are important, but there is an abundance of life that is available to us in Jesus, in our everyday lives, in just the ways that that we go about working and playing and interacting with one another and interacting with God and interacting with ourselves, that there's an abundance that Jesus has promised to us. And we want to capture a little bit of what that means and to grow into that. And that really looks like this hope and this desire to live life fully alive in Jesus and knowing that the way that we understand scripture and the way that we view theology and really the way that we understand our relationship with Christ is a holistic understanding that Jesus truly cares about our whole selves and not just this isolated compartment that is categorized as our spiritual self. He cares about the whole thing and that's because he made our whole being and and the earth we live on and the air we breathe like everything we consume is made by him our hope is to say how do we look at scripture and how do we wrestle with those things together and how do we talk about the difficult topics that might be in scripture that aren't necessarily black and white really a big part of what we want to do is we want to allow space to rethink maybe a lot of the things that we were brought up to believe and we don't necessarily know why we believe them certain uh, traditional beliefs or practices that we have that maybe have some connection to scripture, but it's not strong or it's not consistent. We want to allow space to wrestle through some of those things, to discuss those things in, in, a, in a space that's safe to do that. And obviously when it comes to the Christian faith, there are certain things that we have to hold to if we're still going to call ourselves Christian. Like the Trinity, God is one God in three persons, that Jesus is fully human and he's fully God, that he really did die on a cross, that he really did rise again, that he really is physically coming back. There are certain truths that we have to hold to that are not up for grabs at all. But then there are these other topics that that really do fall in more of a gray area. And as we think through understanding these ancient texts and how they apply to our lives today— we want to have some back and forth on some of those things where appropriate and to allow growth and change in that as we seek to align ourselves with the abundant life that Jesus promised to us. So that's really our heart behind the Hearn Him podcast. We've been able to express that a bit in our blog, but I don't think the blog has given us the opportunity to really engage in a conversation with one another and even with listeners. So we're hoping the podcast will allow us to do that. And we'd actually be grateful if you have ideas or topics that you would like us to discuss in future podcasts, um, go ahead and send them in to us. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook. You can go to our website, herandhim.com. 
And him is H-Y-M-N. Because we are so clever. And you can go to the contact page and you can shoot us an email there. And we're just excited to have these conversations with you. And we're so glad that you're with us in the journey. And we're excited to see where it takes us. Thanks for listening to the Her and Him podcast. If you enjoyed hanging out with us, consider subscribing to the podcast to receive it automatically each week. We'd also love it if you head over to iTunes to leave us a rating and review. And be sure to come visit us at herandhim.com where you'll find show notes for this episode, our blog, and other resources to help you experience the abundant life that Jesus promised to us. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.